Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Kitchen Counter Storm, where we keep it soft and warm, and we eat and we laugh and we live. And <laughs> welcome, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm your host, Chef RJ. I am your sh- host, Chef Tiffany Janelle. She has a margarita. Yeah, I'm drinking. <laughs> I have a margarita as well. It's more so just Patron and pineapple um, orange juice, but we're going to call it a margarita as well. Um, welcome <laughs> welcome to a very special episode, guys. This is our love episode. We're going to talk about love, relationships, dating, or the lack thereof. Um, but first, how are you, sweetheart? <laughs> I am tickled, honey. I'm well. Uh, I am having... A margarita. I am having it with grapefruit juice. I'm happy. Um, I'm well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm Ooh. doing well as well. I've had a. You heard my ghetto ice. Okay. I'm having a um, <laughs> having a very productive day in the house, um, as all of you should as well. I don't give a fuck what Brian Kemp says. Um, but yeah, I'm having a good day. I'm, I'm. I'm. It's good, and I'm actually very, very excited about this episode. Um, this is probably going to be my favorite episode. It's not even done yet, but I can feel it. It's going to be good energy. Feel your spirit. It's good. So. Uh, but yeah, guys, we want to talk about love and relationships uh, this week. Um, it's a very special episode. We got some very, very, very special guests that we'll go over later. Um, but um, this is something we want to do for a while. We feel like we didn't really touch on a lot of love and relationship stuff with the last episodes. Um, so we really want to dedicate something to that because we're all out here just looking around um aimlessly um and i don't have a quarantine bay and it kind of made me realize it so i really need to listen to this show myself oh i'm here for that i think you know quarantine bay can get you into some trouble um but yeah i think that people long for no matter how ignorant the memes make it people long for connectivity and honesty and transparency some people um desire those things and i think that our guests are going to help us get to some very resolute um, things today. So I'm excited. Tell them about our guests. All right. Well, first up, we have, I mean, I'm probably biased, but she was my dating coach. And now just an amazing sister friend, Miss Tara Stidham. Tara is, you've seen her on, you know, Steve Harvey show. She has definitely given light to the savvy lady who is out here looking for Mr. Wright and hoping that Mr. Wright is looking for her. So Tara Sidham is our first segment guest. I think she's uh, amazing. Then we have uh, the amazing and esteemed G Smalls. Yes. Uh, G is one of my really good friends here in Atlanta. Um, He's a Author, entrepreneur, um, love coach, life coach, restaurateur, this, that, and the other. Long resume, but um, he got some gems for you as well. Well, yeah, so we're excited to bring balance to this show. I think it's important to look at love and connectivity from all angles. So our two hosts, I'm sorry, our two guests uh, for today are going to give us just that, all that good balance that i think the world needs and guess what y'all we hitting y'all with a two episode jam or a two-part episode jam um so this will be the first part of our episode but on the next episode do you want to tell them about the guests now we want to keep us let's keep it a surprise let's, let's keep it a surprise so we have, surprise. Okay. Uh, we have really great guests for our second half super special friends of ours friends of the show and we're excited to have them on uh, but y'all gonna have to wait and tune in to that one too because we can't give it all away so that's that that's that so let's start. Um, we 
wanted to also kind of give some transparency about ourselves as far as our love lives and why we're doing this episode because no one's an expert and as much knowledge as we both have because we are know-it-alls and we do know it all um we don't know much about love we know a little bit but it ain't working so (laughs) we wanted to definitely have this episode and bring in some other parties to give us some advice give us some information about their journey um and all of that but um just to start with me um i am a gay black man in atlanta that's the basis of that um i have been in love several times um I would probably consider myself, well, I used to be, I've definitely changed over the last couple of years, but a serial, how is it? Not a serial monogamous. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. I stayed in a relationship. Um, <laughs> from, you like commitment. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I like consistency. It ain't really like commitment, but I mean, we all like commitment, but um, I've been in several relationships. Um, my last relationship I was in was uh, for six years uh, with my ex um, and I learned a lot about their relationship. I learned a lot about the ending of their relationship. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about him. I learned a lot about how people grow in relationships and may not recognize the growth or may not want to accept it from the other party. Um, and it, it, it left me, it left me scarred for quite a while. Um, it left me bitter for a while. And it took me a long time to even realize that I was bitter and was jaded um, by certain aspects of their relationship that I carried over into my dating life. So over the last two years, shit, almost three years now, um, I have taken a lot of time to become more self-aware of what my flaws are, what my qualities are, and what I'm looking for in a person. Um, but with all that said, it's still hard out here for a pimp. Um, <laughs> especially oh especially in my community um so that's why i'm happy we have some guests that can shed some light on at least uh, some personal experiences from lgbt the lgbt side of this um because it's very very hard to date here and i won't get into all the specifics of that because that would be a whole nother episode in its own um from from jacks to to Oh, so we won't go that far i'm sorry okay from jack to poppers and all of that um do you know what poppers are? You still rem- you still remember, right? I, okay, I remember. Yeah, I've been told she was just um, recently introduced to that. Um, yeah, I mean the sex episode clearly has to follow this episode or something. Yikes. I don't know bonus episode sex. Um, well, that sounds like you have been doing some excavating. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have been doing some, you know, getting to know of yourself now in the last couple of years, being single and unattached. I have. Um, I am 37. I have been single on paper for the last seven years. Um, And I think people are always shocked to like hear that, but I'm very particular about who I give the titles to, Um, particularly in my space. um, My next boyfriend will be my husband. So um, yeah. So the boyfriend title is definitely not freely given because that means you're signing up for a whole lot of things that you're probably not ready for. Mm. Um, So yeah, I would say that it's been specifically different for me dating um, as a mom. Um, I think that my restrictions and my requirements are a little bit different, not terribly different because I've always been pretty clear about the type of man that, you know, gets my attention and, that kind of thing. I tend to date men under the radar, men without social media. I, you know, I there are a lot of factors I think that play into our current state of affairs when it comes to dating. And so for me, um, it's been a difficult place. And I think for the overall 
spectrum. It has everything to do with social media and just the way people have access now to human beings. Yeah. Um, that's it's really changed the game. Yeah, it, it has changed for me drastically, and I think that my personal story just comes from wanting to only engage people that are, you know, serious about getting to know themselves, people that are self-aware, people that are self-accountable. Um, I have noticed that this day and age, you know, men just feel like, oh, they're the catch and they're the prize. And honey, I'm here to remind you, it is me. I am the chooser. And I think that is where women have lost their gumption because men have made now, because social media is like, oh, it's an ass over here and it's a titty over here, you know, that now women are like waiting to be chose. And I don't, I don't feel like that. I used to feel like that for a very small window, but I choose, you know, and I get to decide who's in my space. And ultimately I, I tell women to think of it from this perspective. When a man asks you to marry him, it's up to you to say yes or no. Mm. And for that, that makes us the chooser in, in a heterosexual relationship. So at the end of the day, uh, ladies, uh, my encouragement on this episode is to take back your power. Um, and it's not when I, use the word power. I don't want y'all to misuse that. Yeah. And start snapping your fingers and throwing your neck. Mm -hmm. I mean, take back your power in knowing when you're engaging someone, um, however you choose to engage them, that ultimately it's up to you to decide if you're going to continue to connect or if this person meets your requirements and your preferences and your, your, you know, your minimum. So, Hey, we got to stop begging people to do human being things. I think that's my biggest thing. Like people be begging. I ain't begging nobody to call me back. I'm sorry, what? I'm so busy. No, yeah. not doing it. No, I'm busy. So I'm what busy. you're saying, that I had a question. Uh-huh. As far as like women having the power, how does that change or affect, I don't want to know your opinion because I know your opinion already, but how do you think that changes or affects the dynamic when the woman proposes? Um, I think that a woman that chooses to propose is trying to press like the fast forward button on something that um should happen organically and naturally mm. um i do feel that men should still lead that area of of deciding that marriage is the next step in courtship and i say that because a woman cannot make a man be ready and a man can't make a woman be ready mm. I, you know I, one of my best friends love her been my best friend for 25 years you know there was a point in their relationship where she you know, had to be honest and say, okay, am I ready to be in this relationship? Because her husband was ready to get married and she wasn't quite ready. You know, Mm. I think it goes, you know, both ways. But I definitely think that proposals to me should still be led, um, you know, by the masculine uh, energy in the relationship. And that just is because I think that you can't make a man. You just, like, you might be able to convince a woman, but you really cannot convince a man. A man that's not ready is not going to do anything but dishonor that commitment. And so I just think it's not... So how do you feel about traditionally that being left in a man's hands? Like, it seems like the woman, the woman is made to just wait until the man is ready. Like, how do you feel about that? I guess power dynamic that it's in his court when he's ready. And if it's six months or five years, she's just supposed to hang around and wait. Well, and that, and that's what I mean by women being the choosers. Uh, You got to choose what's right for you. And for me, uh, in my 20s, five years was my cap. Uh, I'm willing to meet a man, engage a man, deal with a man for five years. Um, if he does not choose me, and I'm a, I'm a prime example of it, my ex-boyfriend, my first love of my 20s, um, at our five-year mark, I broke up with him. And he was just like, why are you, why are you breaking up with me? And I said, well, you don't want to be with my husband. 
and I'm okay with it. Like, you're not going to waste all my good years. Like, that's that's not what this is. And so, yeah, I think that women just have to remember that they are the chooser. So what that means is at the five-year mark for me, that was it. Like, I love you, but no, you know. And we're still great friends. You know, he called me, like, a couple weeks ago to tell me he had the coronavirus. Like, I'm sorry, wow. you know, and, we're we're great like we're friends like that like I care about him I love him I think he's a very special person in my life but you know he doesn't want to be married and when a man says out loud ladies when they say hey I don't want to be married you kind of should probably listen to that now am I the woman that he probably would marry if he if he decided to get married absolutely but at this point I don't choose him back and that's where the imbalanced men think that they have time um and they think they can always come back and oh you know when i'm ready she's gonna be ready nah my g it don't work like that Mm. so i think for me i've made some so now at 37 a man has two years versus five years to make a decision and that has everything to do with um just who i am and i know that i'm not the average girl out here you know, whatever. Like, I bring a lot to my proverbial table, and a man either sees it or he doesn't. Most men see it, but they choose to drive past it, you know, or they decide that they're not ready to stop being a hoe, or they got four girlfriends already, or whatever their thing is. And so, for me, I'm not in the position to wait for you. I'm in the position to be true to myself. So, my advice to women is be true to yourself, because a man that sees you, who wants to choose you, will choose you. You won't ever be confused about that. He's not going to be like, oh, you know, kind of, sort of later. Like when a man, it's like when a man gets on a parking lot of cars. Mm-hmm. Well, he saw that red one, baby, with the with the yellow leather. Like that's what he wants, you know? And so when a man sees what he wants, he takes that. And that's predatory, you know, nature. That's, that's the hunter-gatherer in men naturally. Um, gay, straight, whatever. Tall, fat, whatever. Like men see what they want and they take mm-hmm. it. Um, and so that's it. I just think that women need to be more pre- less presumptuous that a man is going to ask them to marry him, marry them and more honest about what they need and say, you know what, this just doesn't meet, you know, my needs and I'm okay with walking away. Mm. That's it. You gotta be okay with walking away. Which is a very, very hard thing to do. It is. It is. And so would you say that love for you has been a choice to not engage as in the last couple of years, like not necessarily, I can't find someone more like, Oh, you know, I haven't really taken it serious or I have been and I just haven't met the right person. Um, It's a little bit of both for me. Um, um, I'm going to keep it a buck and sound how I sound, but um, I'm a dope ass nigga. I ain't go for it. (laughs) And I'm, I'm blessed enough to have some good things going for me. And I have found that in dating, it intimidates people. And um, they they either don't have what it takes to live up to it or they're jealous of it or whatever the case may be. Um, and, it, and it sucks that I'm faulted for being somewhat successful. It, it just is what it is. But with that being said, I to not lower my standards for who I'm dating just because. I don't care how much I like you, but if I don't see a path, if I don't see a future where we can connect, even if I make more money, you make more money, my job is bigger, your job is If I can't see us going the distance and being able to balance that when the times are up for one of us or down for the other, I'm not going to settle for that. Um, and I have a reputation of being mean sometimes because I'm going to call the bullshit out. 
Um, and, and, and you brought the social media thing up and I think that's part of it too, where people are so used to assuming something about someone, um, that that's, that's just the picture that they paint for you, uh, for life. And for if you over or you no call, no show on a date or whatever, I'm going to let you know, I'm not just going to be passive aggressive, passive about it. And then you hit me in my DMs a month later, everything. PGO lucky. No, I'm going to let you know, yo, that was fucked up. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say it that harshly. It depends on the circumstances, maybe. But I'm going to let you know, like, this is what happened. This is how it made me feel. And it's not cool that you did that. If you're serious about dating me, which I asked you specifically, you wasn't just bullshitting or fucking around. I asked you, like, this is the fifth date. What's going on with this? You said you was ready to take it a little further and you're not stepping up to the plate. So I'm going to let you like, no, that ain't cool. That ain't, that's not how it works for me. And apparently that's a turnoff, but I don't care. I'd rather you give you that lesson. I'd rather let you know where I stand. And if you walk away, you walk away, but I'm not going to compromise myself for the things I stand on, which is, which aren't like crazy extreme things. Um, so yeah, to, to be honest, I have chose, I have chose, chosen not to fall in love in a couple of different situations just because I'm not going to downgrade myself for that or come down to a level of standard that I'm not used to or that I don't want to keep. No, I agree with that. And I think that that's what I mean. Like knowing yourself when you're self-aware and you're self-accountable, you will not allow people to just be in your space. Like I have this, I have a couple of guys, like they just call my phone all the time. And I'm like, I've already expressed to you that we're just not compatible. Like one man was talking to me about submission and it was just one conversation, but it was a turn. I'm a light switch. Let me let me say that about Tiffany. I am a light switch. I'm either on or off. And when I'm off of you, I'm mm. off. You know, it's nothing you can say to me to make me be like, oh, you know, let me consider that. Because I think a lot of that has to do with trauma. Um, my mother was in an abusive relationship when I was a child and after she divorced my father. And, you know, that stuck with me that like, and it was a very short relationship mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know the experience but I remember it and so as a kid it's like I just remember why would you stay you know it's all I kept Mm. remembering was like why would you stay in this why would you you know continue to like beat yourself up and I think there's different levels of abuse there's emotional abuse there's physical abuse there's all commitment abuse there's all types of things that people do um you know you hear this term gaslighting and all of that and people do misuse that term but at the end of the day you know what someone is doing is either for you or not for you. And I think, or you follow yourself in the middle. A lot of times with me, with men, um, men will really fuck me, like fuck up. Like they'd be like, oh my God, you know, and they always come back. It takes about a year. Mm-hmm. They're averaging a year. It takes about a year. They go off and they go and do whatever. And they come mm-hmm. back and they're just so apologetic. And I never met another woman like you. And I will say this as a woman who prides herself on giving unconditional love, because that's what I do in my life in general, not just with my romantic relationships, you cannot compare unconditional love to conditional love. Once you go back into the world to these other women or whatever it is that you think you out here looking for, and you experience that you didn't have the freedom that you had when you were Mm. with me, then you realize, oh, shit, I never experienced that before. No, my G, and apparently you don't want to experience it because you walked away. And so what happens is this whole thing of they think they can come Mm. back and they can kind of fix it mm-hmm. and it's like nah you know you 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 couldn't take the mirror being you know put in front of you and I think that's the biggest thing 
if it's your person, you can take their accountability with you. Like, if I come to you and I'm like, hey, you know, this is how I feel about this. And that person can really stand on their 10 toes and, like, have a conversation Mm -hmm. with you. I feel like that is, it's the beginning of knowing if that's your person. Because a true, true relationship that is about balance will find itself centered around honesty and transparency and truth. If you cannot stand looking at your pimple in the mirror, baby, I ain't the girlfriend for you. I'm not, I'm definitely not your wife. Cause as a wife, I see myself and it's not about constantly saying you're wrong or you're not right about this. It's just when you're developing yourself and you're developing other people around you because you are developing yourself. It's like, yo, like, you got to be willing to look mm-hmm. at the ugly shit. You have to, you have to look at it and you have to pop that pimple. So, pop that pimple, <laughs> and, baby. And, and guess what? You feel so much yeah. better. when you, Even though it may look bad later, like there's a little scar or whatever, when you pop that pimple, it's like, mm-hmm. whew, that little thing that was irritating me, that was like bothering me, that I couldn't quite get out to you that night when you came home at 4 a.m. and I didn't know where you were. Like whatever thing is, the thing is, when you finally say it and you finally decide that I will no longer make myself uncomfortable for your comfort, that is when you've reached a different level of transparency Ooh. in the relationship. Am I? And so what you saying that too, um, the reason that I know that I, not that I'm right, but I feel comfortable telling the nigga, yo, you fucked up right there, is because I have had that happen where guys will come back a couple weeks, a month, or a year later and be like, you know what, she was right, and it was real fucked up, and um, let's try again or whatever. And that's why I know I've changed over the last couple of years, so because I was one of those, like, okay, it's cool, I understand, he had he had his daddy or like that, and I started over, and yet the vicious cycle was going to continue, and just doing a part two or a part three or part four. Um, now I am much better at putting my foot down and saying, no, I don't, I, I see the toxic behavior in you. Um, I can excuse that it's because you didn't have a daddy or, or, or you was in an abusive relationship or whatever happened, but you have to learn from that behavior and do better. And I don't see that happening. So there's no reason for me to continue this with you because you're not going to give me a headache for six months. And now I'm back in the same place with you. Only now I've gained weight or messed my credit up or so, which that's never gonna happen. But you know what I'm saying? I don't waste this time with you, uh, knowing that you're gonna, you're not aware, you're not self aware of what you did. You you see that you did it, you feel bad about it, but you're not fixing it. Yeah. And that and that's what I was gonna say. So the next step that I would say as well, a person that really like loves you and they cherish who you are to them, they will do their best to mm-hmm. fix it. Like, they will come back to that table every time and be like, I love you enough to fix it, to at least try to understand what you're saying and try to hear what you're saying. Although you may not agree about what it is that, you know, you think differently, let's just say, about a conclusion. At the end of the day, to me, a true sign of maturity within connectivity to another human being is... I don't agree, but I do understand. And I think that when someone decides to give you that freedom and say, okay, babe, you know, let's talk through this. Or I know I was wrong. Like I had someone tell me one time, I didn't even read your text messages. Cause like, I know you mad, but you could cuss me out now, basically on, you know, on the phone. And it was something about that reading of those messages that I'm sure disturbed him greatly. You know what I mean? That, because I, I, unfortunately, I, as lethal as I am with my knife in my hand, my tongue is the same it way. Okay. Like and my my ability to 
Yeah, my ability to hurt people with my mouth is a thing that I'm very aware of, and I have to be very yeah. careful, you know, how how I get Me that too. information out. Yeah, I have to be careful because I'm... I'm well, look at us. We are Sorry, way smarter than we, um, than we think we are, but we still fucking single. I have a question. <laughs> and okay. the way that I can mm-hmm. direct to either it can... It can be, um, I don't want to put it, I don't want to put it, I don't want to put it. Do you want to ask me and I answer, or do you just want to answer for yourself? Never mind, it doesn't matter. The question mm-hmm. is, why do you think you're single? I was going to pose it as, why do you think you're single? Or you can ask me, or you can tell me why you think I'm single. And you're oh, not going to hurt my okay. feelings. I okay, what's up, so... Okay. 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 Wait. Let me get ready. Yeah, I can. Let me tell myself. Let me. So I don't know. Let me take a deep breath. Cause you, 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 you go when you go, and you, you, and you go. Okay. <laughs> let me align my chakras. <laughs> I'm on a stage near me. Uh, uh, okay. Go ahead. Why do you think I'm single? I'm ready. So I, I don't know why. Okay. I don't have the over. My assumption right now is that. It just hasn't been a true focal as of late. I think you are very committed to, um, you know, you're just you are happy. You are busy with your business. I think that you have, I know you've attempted to date because I've been, you know, I've been around mm-hmm. for some recaps or whatever. But I think that you are so in goal about your business and getting certainly aligned in, in areas of that matter that you just haven't stopped to focus. I will say this about driven people. And I know this about myself to be true. If I had stopped in like my relationship from seven years ago, had I continued in that relationship, I would not be this person. Y'all wouldn't even know she had to start. You just wouldn't even know her. She would, she would be, uh, pregnant by a West Indian man making jerk. I could tell every night, like that's just what it was going to be. But I know that about myself. So my point to you is sometimes relationships are deferred because other successes need to come mm. first. You cannot always be your greatest in a relationship, particularly for people like us, because we are, we are hospitality people. We are naturally servient in our relationships. We are the type of people to honor the people that are present in our life. We want to take care of them. I mean, think about when I come visit, you lay out <laughs> my mint, you know, you have my leave there, you know, you have my kimono on the wall, my towel, just mm-hmm. my slip. I mean, you know, I'm, we not fucking, you know, so my, my point is if you give that kind of care and concern to your friend, you know, and to someone you, you love and you care about without those mm-hmm. extra amenities, then think about who you would be, you know, and then you just haven't, I think, had time to really effortlessly say, you know what, I'm ready for a relationship and me and this guy are going to do the things and we're going to work it out and figure it out. And you have to be willing to do all those things. Now, why you think I'm... First, let me say, so I've heard that before. Um, You're too busy for me. And um, I was rejected in that that, that case. Um, Do you think it's a bad thing? And I I mean that more so. No, I think that being busy... If you found someone, and this was someone that I I could see... uh, a future with and we, and we did have a decent relationship. It didn't last very long. Um, but I, I felt a really good spark. Do you think that that's a bad thing or, or should I have, I'm not going to ask it because I know the answer. I was going to say, should I have 
try to compensate or 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 or, or make more time or 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 whatever the case is. I, I hate that saying people make time for what they really want. I don't think that's true. Um, there is no time and beyond beyond being a full business and having to take like a mental break and I bought a house and I have to do home improvement and, and uh, live a life and do self-care and shit sometimes there is a lot of time and I hate it because it sounds selfish I guess sometimes it has to be selfish yeah I, I think that you, it's not selfish it, I, I love Ayala Van Zandt when she says it's not selfish it's self-full because when you're aware of what needs to be done and it is about getting things Wait, done. Wait, can you say, that can you say what Ayanla said again? Again, for some reason. Oh, okay. Uh, Ayanla once said, it's not selfish. It's oh, oh, yeah, cup thing. Um, and selfful just... Yeah, well, not even the cup thing. Just understanding that... Well, yeah, the cup thing, which talks about you can't pour from your cup, blah, blah, blah. But also from the space of it's selfful to fulfill something. It's okay to prioritize, if you will. If you are in a relationship, I believe wholeheartedly that if you want to be with that person, mm-hmm. you will make time. And it's not because it's like, oh, this is going to be date night on Friday at 7.22 p.m. It's more like, okay, well, I move other things around to accommodate my ideal time with this person. It's kind of like a subconscious mm-hmm. thing. You just make the time. It's not literally like, oh, I'm, a st- I'm not going to go and do my client work or go and do an event to be going on a date. Like, that's not the way our our work works. But I would say the person that's for us understand, oh, well, you know, babe, go do your event and then let's have yeah, yeah. it at 10. That's what I was going to say, too. And we, then we, we probably like... You do need someone that understands that and, that and that can recognize when the effort is made. Because uh, efforts are made, but, but it, I'm busy and it's just... It just is what it is. But I do need someone that can understand that and... And not necessarily take a back seat because I would never want that, but understand what's going on, how this works. And that kind of leads me to believe that I probably need to be an entrepreneur who has some stuff going on. But oh, 100%. Now, I will say that about me. Um, I can only date an entrepreneur. I, I, it's something about when I'm ready to go to Greece for two weeks, I don't need my husband to say, Oh, well, you're not gonna put the time in at the job. That don't work for me. Um, I <laughs> I remember meeting someone who is a lawyer, and when he first told me that he was a lawyer, I was like, ooh, you know, mm, I don't know about that. Like, most women would be like, oh, my God, girl, mm-hmm. you done met a lawyer, and oh, my God, and yes, he's fine and all these things, but for me, I just see there's no quality time mm-hmm. available. And although it's not my leading love language, um, do you know your love language? I need to redo the quiz. I haven't done it in a long time. Have you taken the test? I know it's changed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it's okay. For me, my leading love language is acts of service. It's not quality time, but you know, that's because I'm okay. Like being alone and working independent, whatever, whatever. But my point is when I heard lawyer, I just heard a whole lot of late night briefs and a whole lot of, you know, just mm-hmm. other things I didn't hear. I have time for you. And so, um, like I said, different women would approach that differently, you know, but it ended up that, you know, that person ended up having time and we ended up working together very closely and, you know, making time for each other. So that that's different when someone wants to make time for you, because, again, it's a desire to want to do it. If I'm cooking for a client Monday through Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday I'm doing no client, mm-hmm. well, then that'll be our time, you know, or whatever. Like we, it, it is an entrepreneurial mindset you know and that person became an entrepreneur 
on top of, you know, that, um, you know, his profession and, and we were able to balance some things. And so I think that's what it is. Like I said, for me, entrepreneurial minded or doing that definitely a must for me, because if you work over there, you know, at the whatever, I just, you know, I don't know when we would be able to really spend time because I don't know when my free time That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Thank so. you. Um, well, I'm going to eat shit. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I will, I will say this, um, these things I'm going to say, um, are attributes that make you amazing. Um, but I think that, um, what may be causing you not to date regularly is, um, you're a very strong woman and I that it's hard for a man to live up to that. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gay, so whatever, but I still know how a man's mind works and and it's hard for, I would think that it's hard for a man to live up to that and to be able to find his way into your life that vaccine or anything, but to, um, what am I trying to say? Just to keep up with it and to be okay with that. This is a leading woman, um, uh, the other thing I was going to say is that, um, and I don't, this probably isn't, but I wonder is like having a child, is that ever an issue? Okay. No, people love Zoe. Mm-mm. Like they love her and they, I, most men are not afraid to like okay. be a stepdad is it's what I've learned age, yeah. over the years. Um, so I don't, Zoe's always like, actually, to be honest, like men about, oh, how's Zoe? And, you know, how's Zoe the kid? You know, people will definitely ask about her. So it's not that part. I agree 1000% with what you just said. Um, you know, it's difficult going into something thinking you're going to be Oprah and your man got to be mm-hmm. Stedman because I don't think like that, right? And when I say got to be Stedman, I mean, I love Oprah and Stedman's dynamic. And the reason I love it is because people want to front on Stedman, but baby, Stedman ain't never needed a dollar of Oprah's money, okay? And Stebbin is booked, okay? Stebbin is busy. Stebbin is speaking at collegiate level, uh, corporate level. Like, mm. that's all he does all day. I don't that's know nothing about Stebbin, Which actually. I think is why they're very attracted to each other. That's how he's there. Oh, I love, I mean, I just love that he's such an independent, independently wealthy, independently operating person. He does not need her for her assumed things, which mm. would be her monies and her comforts he can afford the lifestyle as well. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. He's not a billionaire, but Stedman could definitely buy himself a home in Santa Barbara and freaking, you know, live up with, with his, you know, woman as well. If he wanted to do all those things, I think at the end of the day, what makes them a great balance mm. is because they are friends. And when you are friends with your partner and you can come home and be like, you know, them little crazy people today over there in, um, in Chicago was up my butt about ABC and D and then, you know, you can have banter and dialogue because you're bigger than Oprah, the TV person. You're just Oprah, whatever he called. I'm sure he got some kind of cute <laughs> name. You know, I just love their dynamic because it is what it is. But a lot of men hate the idea of what they think Stedman is to Oprah. And I think it's sad, honestly. And it is black men. I will say this just in general, just that I can't live in my woman's shadow. Mm. It's not about being in the shadow. I don't think for one second that, Stedman feels he's in the shadow of Oprah. I think he feels I'm blessed mm-hmm. that this is my partner. Like this one of all the women in the world I could be with, this woman, and it's about your perspective. When you change your perspective and you realize that you are with an Oprah, you're a you think Barack think yeah, he think he's some tough shit or whatever because you were president, but Michelle mm-hmm. is who made mm-hmm. him, if that makes sense. So 
he he yields to that. And I think that there's just something about a balance in the right relationship. When that's your person, it what everybody else sees doesn't matter because it's what you all have between you that makes it great. So I agree with you. I think the strong woman thing has definitely been my issue um, from jump. And, you know, there's really only been one person that I've dated in the last 20 years that, you know, I love so much that I saw as my equal or even somebody I just yield to that way. And, you know, he's just not ready for marriage, you know, and that's just me keeping it, you know, completely transparent. He's not ready for marriage. He's a man that um, is of means. He speaks well. He has all the things, you know, all checks off all my boxes, you know, but when a man is not really ready to commit um, to monogamy, yeah. I mean, you know, okay, you know, that just isn't for me. And, you know, I can't pretend like, oh, well, let me just sit over here and just wait around. I'm not waiting around for it, you know. Ooh. I just, I can't, so... That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely got it warmed up. Learn it. I hope y'all learned it already. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, take get out your notepads. Get ready. Yeah, so go, yeah. We're going to take a break. Go get you some wine. Get your notepad. Slippers. Um, um, get a mirror to look at yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Light a candle. Mm-hmm. Light a candle, put some lipstick on, you know. Fellas, spray a little cologne. I know I know. sometimes, you know, you might be still smelling like the bath soap or whatever. Put a little yeah. cologne on and dance that it bath up. and body work spray. You know, yeah. let's take these. Put that on. <laughs> All, that. All right, so we'll be right back with our first guest. <laughs> All right, we're back with another interview from what you kids like to call a public figure, but he really, really is. <laughs> is that what I am? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Atlanta's well-known G Smalls. Um, G is, like I said, a public figure, um, a restaurateur, a philanthropist, and more. Um, G and his husband, Juan, are the owners of Virgil's Gulla Kitchen in East Point, Atlanta, um, a really, really great restaurant um, that is a newer concept because personally, as a chef, I haven't really had much Geechee South Carolina cooking, um, but that's what the theme of Gullis is. I'm sorry, the theme of Virgil's is, and they they kill it. So please check them out at East Point. Um, they are not open just yet for dine-in, uh, whatever Kemp says, but they are available right. for takeout, <laughs> um, takeout food, takeout drinks, uh, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and whatever else they have available. So please, please, please take them out. Um, G and Juan also um, put on this very, very grand event every year, um, this charitable event called the Gentleman's Ball, um, which we did miss last year, but we hope it's coming back. Um, it's an amazing event that they uh, do every year. Um, where they do scholarships for LGBT youth, uh, as well as create awareness for different issues that we have going on in our community. Um, so welcome to the show, G. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Welcome Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. I've met you before, but not really. Um, I feel like at this point, your what does he say? At WB Du Bois says your something precedes you? What precedes Reputation. you? Reputation. Yes, I'm sorry. Get me together. I'm having my first sip of this tequila. Okay, because... <laughs> 
Uh, G, I want to say, first of all, I've heard about the gentlemen's balls for years now. I have all my really amazing uh, black male friends. They fine and cute or whatever. They put their good tuxes on and come out to this function. So I have heard about this. Congratulations on that. And Thank you. someone just asked me if I've been to Virgil's, including RJ. And I was like, no, but it's on my list. So when I get back That's to Atlanta, what's up. first order of business. Uh, you know, RJ's keeping my list of places we gotta go, and Virgil's is definitely on it. And I want to. We were supposed to go to Virgil's. I forget what happened that day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it involved an edible. I'm not sure, but <laughs> well, <laughs> that's how I just felt. Now I could not find the word reputation. I just felt like I was having trouble, but I'm not. Um, but yes, we will be there. Congratulations on all of that. That sounds amazing. Thank you, and I appreciate you sharing that with me. All right. So, um, as I said before, G has a very handsome husband named Juan, um, and they've been together for a while. Um, and they do their own um, series on YouTube. And I believe they have a podcast, if I'm not mistaken, too, where they do talk about love and relationships and the trials and tribulations of that in the LGBT community, because we want to make sure we cover all aspects here on the show today for the love episode. Um, G, how long have you and Juan been together? We have been together for 12 years now. 12 wow, years. 12 crazy. years. That's beautiful. And that is uh, 25 in gay years. Um, <laughs> no, it's 12 <laughs> years in every relationship. <laughs> so when did you know that he was the one? It's going to sound corny and cliche, but the day I met him on our wow. first date, it was, it was that type of, we had that type of chemistry. It was just like a match made in heaven. It was just a click. You know, from day one, and we were together. So tell us a little bit about how day one happened all the way up to proposal. Ooh. So um, we met at Joe's on Juniper, which is a popular LGBT restaurant slash bar down in Midtown. Um, I was out with my friends. He happened to walk in with his friends, and when he walked in, um, he caught my attention. Uh, And so as we were all sitting there with each other's friends we kind of like was giving eyes all night and so by the time it was time for us to leave I walked over to his table and introduced myself um he rejected me at first yikes uh, <laughs> but before I left we ended up exchanging numbers and had our first date the next day um which lasted about eight hours and yes. we had been together ever since um but it's it's interesting how the proposal happened which was um, 14 months after we were together. And Mm -hmm. so this is back in 2009. And so back in 2009, I mean, gays didn't get married back then, really. It wasn't legal. There were about three or four states that it was legal. Um, But overall, that's just something you've ever really heard of in our community because it just did not happen. Now, you Mm -hmm. might have had people that's been together for years, but nobody really got married. But what happened with us was, this is my second marriage. Um, My first marriage was to my high school sweetheart. uh, Had a a son out of that marriage. Um, And after we divorced, um, I met one a few years later, three to four years later, something like that. Um, But we ended up going through a custody battle um, and we were not agreeing on what should happen with my son. So Mm -hmm. that led me to having to take her to court. Um, And so we ended up going to court. I ended up getting um, full custody of him, but it was contingent upon the fact that I was not living with anybody that can be considered my lover, which was my, which was Juan at the time. Uh, Well, it's still Juan, but it was Juan. And so, you know, at this point, you know, it's like 
well, we can't get married. We know we're going to be together forever, but you're not really valuing our family structure here. It's not validated, if you will. So what happened, my, my lawyer ended up saying, hey, you know, I know it's not legal, but if you go to a state, one of the three to four states that it is legal, if you plan on being together forever, just go and get married, and it ever comes back on you, you can say, hey, judge, it's not legal to get married where we are, but we are legally married in this particular state. And so that's really why we got married. That's the story of our, our wow. proposals, if you will. Yeah, so wow. it's... Uh, and I, I talk about this as well, and I have a book coming out, Shameless Plug, um, but I talk about that journey and uh, what that was like in detail. Well, we, what's the name of the book? We, we love that. So the book is going to be called, what well, is called Black Enough, Man Enough, um, mm. and it talks about my um, life as a biracial black man. I have a, a white mother and a black father, and it also talks about my journey through being sexually fluid and being attracted to men and being attracted to women. So it, it goes oh, through that this. journey. Yeah, This is good. Okay, I have a quick question. Um, RJ is actually leading this conversation, but I have a question okay. for my, and this may give an answer, it may not, could you walk through um, your sexual fluidity before one, obviously you're committed to, to your marriage, but, you know, could you walk through to a woman, particularly a woman of color, how a man can be attracted to a woman at one point in his life and decide that he's going to act on on his love or his adoration for a man? Like, can you, I know it's a bigger conversation than this show, but I mean, give them some little clue on that. Yeah, so... You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't, I don't, you, you can't convince some people that a person can be bisexual. Some people just don't believe on it. That goes to the LGBT community, the straight community. Some people just don't believe you can be attracted to both sexes. And at the end of the day, you can be attracted to both sexes. The way my journey went, um, ever since I was little, I've always been a person that... I loved love since I was little. I loved the relationship since I was in fucking kindergarten. So I've always had a girlfriend. I always liked girls. <laughs> um, and really, I didn't really recognize that I had attraction to boys until probably later on in age around my late teenage years. Um, and sometimes I attribute that to the fact that I started puberty real late. I didn't really start puberty till I was 16 or 17, so I was very late. Mm. Um, but I didn't really identify myself as being attracted to a male until those later years. Now, on my when I moved to Atlanta in 18, some people would say it's Atlanta, but <laughs> that's another story. When I moved to Atlanta to 18, those feelings started coming on a lot stronger. Well, I was still attracted to women, um, but I still had this attraction towards men that I could not deny. Um, and so my early 20s, um, you know, while trying to pray the gay away, I fell, you know, I wasn't strong enough, if you will, to, to, to not indulge in the attraction. And so I started seeing men at the time, um, while being attracted to both. Um, and I believe, you know, fast forward years later, going through that journey, getting married, whatever the case may be. Um, when I finally accepted the fact that I was attracted to men and I allowed myself to, um, be in relation with men without any guilt, it became a thing where, this was new to me, and, and I felt like, okay, well, I'm gay. You know, I've only ever, whatever I had with women back then wasn't really what this is because this is so new and exciting to me. But as I got older and older, I started noticing, you know, that I'm, I'm still attracted to women. So I've been able to accept the fact that 
for one, I don't believe that sexuality is so black and white where it's so you're 100% anything. I believe mm. that most of us, or we are all on a scale from zero to 100, if you will. So let's just say zero is heterosexual, 100 is gay. I believe we all kind of fall somewhere on that scale and not very many of us going to hit a zero or 100. I believe I'm closer to the 100. Um, I'm, I'm more, I find myself more attracted to and compatible with men than I do women, but I still am attracted to women. Um, and, you know, that attraction can cause this. And has that posed any immediate threat to your marriage? Like, does your husband feel a way that you still get aroused, if you will, by a woman walking by or a pretty face? In either circumstance, obviously, it would be, quote unquote, a threat if you let it. But would, you know, the opposite sex be challenging to to your partner? Um, not at all. So, I mean, we him talk very openly. Um, you know, we are very open-minded people even before meeting one another. And that's probably was one of our attractions towards one another. So, I mean, we really operate in the spiritual realm as much as we can. And we know that all of the egotistical things that go along with, you know, being attracted to both sexes or one sex, that's just the ego. And I think we're able to put that aside and see ourselves as spiritual beings and we're attracted to who we're attracted to. Um, he doesn't feel threatened by the fact that I may be attracted to someone other than him, male or female, and vice versa, because we know that's human nature. Mm, I love that. Beautiful. I knew this was going to be a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you for your transparency, too. Of course. Um, yeah. So I did want to also ask, with that being said, I know it took some time to get there to that point. You don't just start out like that. And you guys have had deep conversations about that. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time where you doubted your relationship with one? Um, gosh, never. I, I, I have, now there have been times where I am a little, um, insecure about the direction of where our relationship is headed because, you know, being in a relationship for 12 years, one thing, you know, after a while you realize is that your relationship, it changes and it changes and it changes mm -hmm. and it changes. And sometimes we can be resistant to that change and it makes us a little insecure because, you know, now things aren't what they were. Um, but I've never felt like he was not going to be in my life or he was not going to be my husband or my partner. I've always known that we will get through whatever. Now there has been times where he had felt that way. Like maybe in year six or seven, the subject of divorce came up and it was a situation where he wasn't really sure if, you know, maybe we outgrown each other and maybe it's time to separate. Um, but, you know, it, it quickly resolved itself, if you will. And it's been pretty consistent. Like, if you ask both of us today, we know we've been through a lot. We've gotten mm -hmm. on the other side. And every time we get on the other side, the love is deeper, the bond is stronger, and the relationship is more secure. So it's it really is more partnership and less relationship. Um, I mm, think we can get caught up in the relationship, and that's a moment. But the partnership is a lifelong partnership. We know we have a life. To, to be together, so. Oh, I'm about to run around this room. Ooh. No. Yeah. <laughs> they, they may be the Will and Jada of the day. Mean, no, I mean, you know, honestly, they are. Um, I've been following you guys for years I before you. I even knew, um, ever met G or Juan. Um, I'm glad you guys got over that hurdle because we need that in our community. We don't have enough examples of that. Yeah. Um, or we, the ones we do, they're, they're kind of cliche or they're rushed or they have whatever issues they have. And we all look upon it kind of weird, but you guys, we've always looked at you, at least from my standpoint as a shining example of what it means. And it, 
you guys have always been very transparent about the struggles that you go through. So it's not always happy go lucky. It's not always uh juicy right. berry. So we really appreciate you guys getting over that six year hurdle. Um, what would you say are the three things that keep your relationship alive? Um, transparency, vulnerability, and communication. Clean cut. Yeah, I mean it's it's you cannot if you if you're not being transparent, you can't be loved for who you are because mm-hmm. you're being somebody that you're not. Um, if you're not being vulnerable, then you you you're not able to fix things, or I should say, grow through things that could be a challenge because it takes vulnerability to admit challenges that you're having, um, and you have to communicate all those things. So I definitely think those are the three things that um, that keeps us together. Beautiful. Um, so without getting too much into the whole pandemic thing, you guys are a restaurant tour, so we know that that's that's the whole issue there. Um, yeah. But with being on quarantine and being closer together, because um, I, I follow you guys, of course, and you guys both travel a lot, so you do spend a good amount of time apart. Um, mm-hmm. But with being locked down and everything, how has that affected your relationship, if so? Um, I will say it hasn't. I mean, to be honest with you, since the quarantine, and we are operating with only takeout, so we mm-hmm. had to let most of our employees go. So oh, for man. the most part, I'm, I don't feel quarantined. I haven't been able to feel what most people are feeling because we're still, you know, operating, going to work every day and mm-hmm. coming home. So we haven't had 24-7 in the house next to each other the whole time. You know, gotcha. we might be at work together, but, you know, we still have life that's that's keeping us busy. We haven't had that major shift that a lot of us have had but i will say i mean Juan and i i mean we've been entrepreneurs for a while um and we've are used to being together in business and at home all the time um i and that's just i feel like it's just something that's um that's been our life for a while you know it's just the norm Mm -hmm. for us so i don't ever feel like you know i love my me time and i will take a trip by myself when I need to, or I will. We do our things alone. I go to the gym by myself. He does what he does by himself. So everybody needs their alone time. But, you know, and we're able to be honest about that, but I haven't, you know, felt any differently during the quarantine. So with that... Uh, Gee, where are you from? I am from Charleston, South Carolina. You are from yes. South Carolina. Okay, you know, y'all got a 20... Hello, Geechee now. Yeah, we the first. Gitchy. We're the first. Well, no, I, yeah, I mean... <laughs> My both sides of my family are from Louisiana, so when I hear the Geechee, it's like something I can't literally. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, this, is, hey, this is my professional voice. <laughs> okay. It's the podcast voice. <laughs> you can let it out a little bit. You can let it out. You can cuss whatever you want to. Um, so, a personal question for me that I don't even have on my notes, though, which you. Which you saying that you guys have been in business together a long time? Do you have any advice for? someone like me you know who I am you know what I do yeah. as an entrepreneur how busy I am I oftentimes struggle with people who I meet who can't really understand my lifestyle understand my career yeah. keep up with it yeah. or they may be intimidated by it do you have any advice for someone like me who is an entrepreneur um and how to date with that and how to present it in a in a way that people can accept it so I don't I for one I, I have never experienced that because my entrepreneur uh, uh, endeavors had happened after I met Juan. I was a strict corporate guy before meeting Juan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we went through this together. But I, what I will say is that I don't feel like you have to do anything to present to anybody that's acceptable, anybody except yourself. 
And so, I'm sorry. And after I said it, I, I, I didn't mean it that way because I'm never going to turn off who I am. Yeah. But I, I get what you're asking, though. You want to know, like, mm-hmm. how do you even manage dating with somebody who doesn't understand your lifestyle? And I feel like I don't. I don't think that it's your job to find somebody who's going to understand your lifestyle. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, somebody is going to come to the table with that understanding already. Um, There's going to be a lot of um, other entrepreneurs out there that you can also date, but I also understand that could be a challenge for both of y'all all over the place. Um, But I I just, you know, I'm one of those people that it's like, if, if you want to, if you like somebody, you like somebody and you're going to do what you can to get to know that person and Mm -hmm. understand things you don't understand. So I I, I have a hard time giving advice and saying, well, this is what you should do. So somebody can accept that you're going to be gone all day for 12 hours of doing this. Like, no, I mean, I think you meet a person that is, is interested enough in, in you to, have some compromise, you know, and that compromise is whatever you guys come up with. And nobody can tell you that, but it's, it's whatever you guys could agree to. Gotcha. Thank you very much for that. And like you said, I'm confused on it too. That's why I'm sitting here single by myself in quarantine. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> well, with don't that, you, though. don't use that as okay an excuse. Don't use that as an excuse now. Don't say I'm single just because I'm a busy entrepreneur. There could be other reasons and other, you know, growth opportunities for yourself that may be the reason why you have are not in a lifelong committed relationship. So Come don't on, use it as a crutch. <laughs> no, that's why we're doing the episode so I can get red. We both gonna get red. Okay. But you know, I'm a I'm also a life and relationship coach. <laughs> well, come yeah, on. Step. But but you know what? But that what I want to say most about what I love about G's conversation today is that for me as a heterosexual female you know, a very strong black woman, all these things, these truths of relationship Mm -hmm. have nothing to do with your attraction. If you're attracted to a man, if you're attracted to a woman, whatever you're attracted to, that's almost irrelevant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's about how you decide to maneuver. It's about how you decide to choose and to make decisions based on your well-being first. And I think no matter what, when we're connecting with human beings, whether it be for friendship or for sexual chemistry or our relationships and our romance, I think it's just important that our generic uh, views and how we say, hey, these are my boundaries, these are my preferences, these are my things, being true to yourself is how you attract what yeah. you really need, you know, because if you're being somebody else, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That eventually is going to fall away, you know, and I think that's true for any body yeah. attraction. I, I don't like to use the word sexuality because I think it's limiting, but... Uh, but your attraction, whoever right? Attraction. I mean, relationship is relationship. Human connection is human connection, and like like she said, you have to just allow yourself to to respect what what you know, your boundaries, whatever the case may be, and also allow yourself to evolve and change. Because you know what you expect ten years ago is not going to be the same that you expect ten years later. Exactly. So. And that kind of answered the next question I was going to ask. Actually, I wanted to ask have any of the heterosexual norms of marriage ever affected your relationship or have you ever felt pressure to put any of those into your relationship? Um, I think yes and no. So from a perspective of, especially when it came to when we got custody of my son, there was a lot of, um, challenges during that time because I didn't really know what, know what that looked like. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, to have, my son with us and, you know, officially having a stepdad and what that looked like. Um, And also I think maybe I know myself have maybe gotten caught up in 
what a man is supposed to do and how a man is supposed to act and, mm-hmm. you know, and how they're supposed to show up in a relationship. And mm-hmm. I've been able to let that go. But I, if you're brought up thinking a certain way, even if you, when you finally know better, that doesn't mean the next day you're going to have this switch and you're not going to act like how you've been acting all your life. It's still, uh, a process of that behavior starting to change, which you finally know now. Um, So I think, you know, that had presented some challenges in our relationship where, you know, I don't expect the man to do this or act like that. Or I do expect the man to do this and do that. And why aren't you being that person? Um, So, you know, that I think has caused maybe some challenges, but as far as the way that, uh, you know, heterosexual normal relationships and how we relate to that and how we're supposed to be, I don't think I've ever really, like, you know, this is what, you know, man and woman does, so this is what we're supposed to do. Like, I, I've yeah. never been through that, yeah. Yeah, and we've talked about That's that on it. the show before because I feel like a lot of people put that pressure on themselves that they have to do it this way, and there is a man, there is a woman, and we got to do all but these you know what? steps. You know what? I mean, even heterosexuals do that, and they can't live up to them goddamn norms. I mean, yeah. they go into relationships. Hello, kitty. They go into true. relationships, Hello. and a woman is supposed to do this, and a man is supposed to do this, and a woman is supposed Very to be true. submissive, and a man is supposed to be this person. But no, you have yep. some women that are submissive and some that are not. You have some men that are submissive and some that are not. Why not yep. just go in and walk in with a human being and say, hey, this is the type of person you are, this is the type of person I am. Let's be comfortable with that and not let, let society determine how we're supposed to function in our relationship because they fail on that too. Exactly. Let's write our own rules. Yeah. I mean, we should all write our own rules. Like, this is me. And I, I do want to interject there because I do think there's this genuine, um, and it starts from a very, like, biblical, religious place. But there is this very natural assumption um, that heterosexual people refuse to understand um, homosexual uh, people. And I think that for me as an open-minded person, it's very difficult um, to listen to those things when I hear, like, you know, my gay male friends be like, oh, you know, you straight people. And it's very frustrating because I don't feel like I'm against, you know, anything that's going on because that's projection. But I... (laughs) Yeah, correct, correct. And, And... what G was saying earlier, even when he was like, oh, around the six-year mark, we hit, you know, this wave in the heterosexual community. We call that the five-year mark. A lot of marriages right, don't make right. it past five years. And that's a very normal feeling. It's a reset that yep. you have to do within your connectivity with your partner. And so I'd like to just keep pushing the narrative that we are more alike than we are different. And the more that we harp on who you are attracted to, right. it has nothing to do with right. how you relate to this person. Is the thing, and I and I would say, I, I guess I do have like one question, and this is just because I know I have a lot of uh, gay male friends. I often ask about the dating process, like when you and Juan were dating, you know, from a gender role perspective, was someone expected to pay for the dinner, or was it a mutual? Oh, I got this, babe, you got that. Like, how does that work with two men specifically? Because I could kind of see it falling on one person maybe that makes more money mm-hmm. maybe if that's the reason or this is you know is this i'm the man you know like how does that well work? for for us i'm a very and i'm a i'm a very um i've always the type of person that like to pay for things that's just who i've always been mm-hmm. i do it with, i do it with friends I, anytime i go out on a date a first date i've always been the one to pay that's just how i am um and for one when we first like on our first date I paid for our first date as well, but we both are pulling out our credit cards trying to pay for the date. Um, but I think that mm-hmm. it's just a personality match. 
I mean, some mm-hmm. people I'm the t- and I don't I don't see it as a strength either. That be- I see it actually as more egotistical and a and a weakness for the fact that I feel like I have to pay all the time because I think that's a bit of a weakness because I feel very uncomfortable for people paying things for me. Um, I know where that comes from, but you know, I like I said, I just think it's a personality match in. Usually those people attract each other. You know, you have some male-on-male relationships where one male wants to be taken care of. They don't want to work. They want to stay at home. And they have a, they're with somebody who wants to take care of somebody who wants to be in that role for whatever reasons they need to feed themselves. That's just how it is. And then you have two that are that both of them might be a working person and 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 both of them pay their own bills some some male or male relationships act more like roommates and split bills mm-hmm. some of them you know i just think it's just different for everybody and i really don't think it's that much different in heterosexual relationships except that i think maybe the expectation might be a little bit different but i still feel like yeah, the I expectation is different, but I feel like it's right. still going to fall into your personality type because there's still women out there that's going to pay for men's date all the time, with a date with a man all the time. Well, I've seen these memes where, you know, oh, the rent is 1200 and the light bill is 300 and how much does a man pay? <laughs> you know what like, we did? What? You know what we did, honestly, when we moved in together, we took how much each person was making. And at the time, I was, I was making more than Juan was. And so we put percentages... We put all our bills together and we put percentages of our salary into a household account. That way it was really, it was really the same. Now, while I might have been putting more just because my, you know, my chunk was a little higher, it was still the same and equal. We still put a percentage of our, uh, a percentage of our um, paycheck into the household account and all of our bills was in the household account. So, I mean, it worked great for us that way. I love that. And how does your son see his stepfather? Like, how is their dynamic? So they, um, I would say, are more, like, Juan is an authority figure. He has been an authority figure. But my son is 19 now, so he's a little man. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's a little man with himself now. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're roommates now. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> the, it was never a... Uh, a parent-child relationship by any means. It's they created their own relationship. Um, now, while you know Juan obviously you know definitely refers to G as his son, and and my son refers to to Juan as one of his parents. Um, they form their own relationship. I mean, they have a friendship. I mean, they they talk by themselves. I don't always have to be there, but it's it's family. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just family. I don't know, you know, how to identify what label to put on what their relationship is, except we're just family. And it's just been, you know, he has been around since um, my son was seven. So, I mean, it really is the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. for him. Okay, I get that. I oh, I love this so much. That's amazing. This conversation is so good. Um, so it's gone longer than we wanted, but I'm so happy it did, and I don't want to stop it. But... Um, <laughs> One last question for you. Yes. Um, since you are a life and love coach, mm-hmm. um, as a single gay man in Atlanta, Georgia, and also for Tiffany as a single female in Houston, Texas, yes. do you have uh-huh. do you have any dating advice for us? Yes. Anything you want to give? Yes. So okay. the thing I, I always pen. tell <laughs> the always the thing I always no. tell everybody: you have to be totally vested in being self aware. And being extremely curious about self, want to learn about yourself, 
want to learn about your triggers, want to learn about your behaviors, want to learn about why, why you feel certain things. And I feel like you you keep that curiosity and that, that desire to be more self-aware in the universe. I don't know what you believe. God, whatever you want to call him, is going to bring people into your life, genuine relationships in your life, friendships, platonic, romantic, and otherwise, that's going to teach you about yourself because that's the only reason why we have relationships. It's to learn about ourselves. And so if you keep that genuine self-awareness and desire for self-awareness, the quality people will come into your life. Does that mean that that person is going to be there forever? No, but that person is meant to be in your life for that period of time or however long that is to bring you more self-awareness because that's what people are in our lives for. And so I think if you keep that at the surface, you, for one, you would take things less personal when, when dealing with people Two, you won't feel like such a victim when, you know, you're meeting people and feel like they're doing this type of thing to you and this type of thing to you. And why do I keep meeting the same man? Well, because you're not really that vested of being self-aware. Like you're not going to have to go through the same lesson twice. You know, if you, if you meet a person that doesn't work out and you learn things and, and, keep that at the forefront, you're not going to go through the same situation again. And if you do, there is more to learn about the situation. So that's always my number one advice in, in dating. And even in relationships, that's my number one it. advice too. I mean, Juan and I put self-awareness, if I had to say, you know, there was another thing to keep us together is that we keep self-awareness to the forefront. And I know that he's continuously mm -hmm. showing me things about myself and they're not always going to be pretty and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that's how we work. And you got to be open to receiving you criticism as well. And you're not always open to receiving it in I the moment. You can get mad and have your little mm -hmm. egotistical reaction in the moment, but you should always come right back around to, okay, what is this trying to show me about myself? I think that's the, that is the key. Like I've always been guilty of being or called or the experience of being Tiffany's friend or their or my lover is, yeah. I'm a mirror. You know, and if you don't like what you see, baby, I'm going to show it to you. And it's an unfortunate thing, like, for people to cower to what they mm -hmm. see in their own reflection. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't even... No, they run away from it because it don't feel good all the time. <laughs> it, it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's it ain't ugly. You. It's very it ugly when you okay. find out some shit about yourself. I'm like, fuck, I've been a problem all along. You know what I'm saying? Especially. <laughs> Correct. Especially for a heterosexual man, I would imagine, who is not as in tune with his feelings and stuff as a gay man. Not to say that there's two different types of men or whatever, but I would imagine that's a bit more of a struggle. But we'll save that conversation for our other guests. <laughs> I think the biggest difference between no, like heterosexual and gay men, and it's not even a difference sometimes, sometimes it's the same, but I think that we might mm -hmm. have a little, we allow ourselves maybe to be a little bit more with those emotions and feelings and we're not mm -hmm. where we have more uh intimate relationship with that with our male friends than you know heterosexual mm -hmm. males do but at the end of the day we all have that same trauma uh from being grown up as a black man but the, the extra layer is mm -hmm. us as mm -hmm. lgbt men we have an extra layer of trauma that goes along with that but you know we can mm -hmm. be just as um unaware as heterosexual. yeah we could be the same mm -hmm. way because that makes us as seen as being weak. And so most of us didn't want to be seen as being a faggot or weak or gay. So we did everything how we felt like a heterosexual man is supposed to be. And that is cutting off feelings. You know what I'm saying? We have to unlearn that yeah. stuff. I think that's a yeah. black male moment, black men in general. I, I do think with the recent passing of somebody so powerful as mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant and things like that, I think 
black men are are it is feeling yeah seeing certain things it's in changing. a different way and i'm i'm mm-hmm. happy about that yeah i'm happy about because i think even if you didn't grow up with a father mm-hmm. even if you did or even if you're male like you being a gay man and you and your dad didn't have the best relationship i think that men in general are coming full circle and full term with being yes. okay with communicating so those feelings it's one yeah. everyone has the feelings and the they're gonna come out here. somehow you. it's how let, let it come out in a healthy way correct and that's the thing and what do we consider yeah. healthy you know and that's the other thing about having a partner i think about you know being balanced and knowing what is yeah. quote-unquote healthy you know because i always tell people baby look i've only lived with one man and you know when you move in with somebody okay mm-hmm. it's your mama and his mama okay or or whatever your your grandmother his grandmother and so it's definitely this thing of merging what is healthy what is normal what is like even in quarantine you could be like oh well you're not gonna wash your you're not gonna spray <laughs> right. down with the lights right. like just little things that you know we do as human beings we expect our partners to be this equally yoked thing all the time and equally yoked doesn't necessarily mean thinking exactly yeah. the same it means balance and so whatever that balance looks like for your relationship and for your connectivity is important, but your definition of healthy to me is a good start when you're building with something with somebody because everybody's definition yeah. of that word yeah, is just you're right. the same. Um, and so, yeah. so I, I want that. y'all to understand. Well, that. Child, I, hate I want y'all to know that y'all just mm-hmm. got this for free. This ain't happening again. <laughs> These gems we just got, you have to pay for that. <laughs> the rest of them are going to be in G's book. Yes, what should be what should okay. hopefully be out within a month. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, we're excited about the book. Definitely. posted about that. And y'all, please be sure, if you are in Atlanta, if you're in the Metroplex, please go by and support uh, Virgil's. We want uh, all of our yes, black businesses to stay afloat at this time. And G, important. can you tell us um, 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 where to find Virgil's, where to find you on Instagram, just your information so people can find yes, you? Yes, you can find me at G-E-E-S-M-A-L-L-S. That's at G Smalls. And Virgil's Gala Kitchen is at V-I-R-G-I-L-G-U-L-L-A-H Kitchen. And that's also virgilsgalakitchen.com is our website. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you thank so y'all, much Thank y'all, man. This has been great. This feeds my spirit today. I love talking about this shit. We love it. <laughs> and we're good. And we will have you on again, too, because we're going to do a small business episode as well. So be prepared. Alrighty, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Yes. All right, thank you so Bye, much. Bye, guys. Here. All right, guys, welcome back to Kitchen Counter Chat. And we're here today with my beautiful friend. She's become my friend, but Mm -hmm. we met because she was my dating coach. And (laughs) Tara Stidham, uh, she is here with us from Houston, Texas. Um, And I'm just so grateful for you that you had the time and you were willing to come on and share all of your secrets to savvy dating because you are the queen you know, anything area. for you, my love. Anything for you, my love. So absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So, Tara, what would you say is your definition of dating smart? Oh, wow. Dating smart is all about knowing what you want and not being afraid to go after it. Whether it's asking the the hard questions, you know, the ones that sometimes we halfway don't want to know the answer to. But they're the ones that we really, really, really need to know, especially when we're talking about like dating and relationships. So it's really just what you want and then going after it, making a plan and going after it. 
What's the sample? What's the sample of a hard question? Uh, what do you want? What is it that you want? Um, sometimes we're afraid to ask that question because it may not align with what we think we want. And so we unfortunately find ourselves in these ambiguous relationships, right? <laughs> Situationships. Yes, you just... Exactly, you just end something because you're too afraid to say, well, what do you want? You know, and I would much rather know on the front end that we don't want the same thing instead of me spending a whole bunch, a lot of time thinking that we do or either avoiding what's the obvious, which is that we don't, but I like you and enjoy spending so, you know, time with you so much that I'm willing to kind of put that to the side. So that's definitely like one of those questions where it's like, you cannot be afraid to ask that question and get that answer and hear it clearly. Cause you know, we ask questions, we get the answers, but then we still hear what we want to hear. The red flag show. It's the red flag show. Yeah, the red flags are are real. And I'll say in my own personal experience with Tara, um, when you all, when we're ending the show, we'll give you all of her dot coms and accessing her because you will want to um, when this is over. Um, I will say for me personally, I think one of the things that you just gave me was just that, like my confidence in being, and I, I'm a very confident woman. Mm-hmm. I don't really have mm-hmm. an issue being direct but I think that for you and I our stories were kind of similar Mm -hmm. so you were able to kind of speak to me in a way that allowed me to be direct and I've just dated differently you know Mm -hmm. I I definitely asked the questions I have zero issue asking questions that benefit me by getting the answer yes and I think that's one of the things that just women are afraid to do because they don't want to experience rejection Mm -hmm. um or like a man's not that into you anymore because you asked him about you know this woman is always coming on his page or whatever the (laughs) things are that we we feel afraid to ask in the beginning. I think you've really given me that confidence to ask at the beginning because then I'm not wasting my time. Absolutely. That, and that's what it's all about for me. That is what my goal is. Um, I actually talked to a young lady today, uh, late twenties. I think she says she's 29 and she was sharing her story of having her daughter um, at like 22. And she says, and I basically haven't dated since then. You know, like I went through the pregnancy by myself. I haven't dated since then. And so I shared a very personal story um, with her because I felt the pain where she was in a very intimate way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, 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 I share just, you know, hey, I understand that. I, I feel that in a way that you probably wouldn't even understand. And that's my approach to my coaching. You know what I mean? My coaching is just that I'm that good girlfriend you always wish for. Like at the end of the day, I'm that chick. I'm a ride with you. I'm a cry with you. I'm gonna get crunk with you. When, like whatever it is you need, I'm gonna pull your coattail when I need to. It's like, mm, Tiff, I don't know. Like what? What you? What oh, you? Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, look, I didn't been on Terrorline at two a.m. <laughs> crying over a man. Okay, I have. I, I've done all of the all things. Of the so. Thing. She, and she is that person. Like, I think what I love most about her is just her style is girlfriendish. Because I think one of the things that we talked about this, Tara, like, Tara's the person that you call and tell about your dates when you've gone on 22 dates mm-hmm. and your best friend is tired of hearing <laughs> about all these different men. Call your coach because I feel like that's what they're there yes. for. It's there to vent. So you're not taking your friends on the emotional roller coaster. Absolutely. And I get excited with you. I get mad with you when it's yeah. like it's all of that. I I, I love that because remember I'm married to one man. Like I have one husband. 
And so, <laughs> I, and then for that, we're hey, husband, hey, hey, husband, hey, husband, right? <laughs> so I get to date vicariously through you off. You know what I mean? Like it's fun for me because I, I didn't. So I'm not one of those girls who was like, oh, I hate dating. Mm-mm, girl, I love dating. I love men. I, you know what I mean? Like that was my thing. That was my jam. So when I get to hear my ladies talking about dates and stuff, I'm like, oh, girl, and then what happened? And then what did he say? What did he have? You know, like that makes me, um, that makes me excited. I love that stuff, that part of it. So do you, do you think it's, who has it harder from the selling perspective? Do you think men have to sell themselves harder to women these days? Or do you think women are having to sell themselves harder, if you will, to I think, and I'm going to, because I, I, I'm going to probably put it in a couple of categories. Um, when we talk specifically of where I coach in that online lane, um, I think we probably have it harder because when a, a man um, has his stuff together and he knows it and he's online, he's way more selective, right? And so for us, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we are more open and more forgiving and so for us, we we tend to, you know, send out more messages and think like, oh, my God, I'm getting rejected. Nobody's responding. But again, he, if he's the best out of those 10 guys on that one little section, he's getting hit up left and right. So his pickings mm-hmm. are super high versus us where there's one good potential on that page. And when, Ooh, and when the girls yeah. see him, they're like, oh, Lord, that's my man. That's my husband. And so I think, <laughs> I think we're the ones who... Um, have to put a little bit more work in with that respect. But I also think that men come to it with their insecurities that, that kind of come out in other ways. Right. Cause men are, men are insecure. Um, but not in like a bad, like, Oh, well, there are some who are like really badly insecure, but like a lot of times men, if they're not approaching you, it's just cause they think you're going to reject them. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I am not going to be walking over there so she can make me look shame in front of all these people. Or, you know, if they think you have a great profile online, they're like, I'm not going to shoot my shot because what if she says no, you know what I mean? So sometimes they don't come not because they don't think you're amazing, but just cause they really don't have that confidence that you won't shoot them down. Mm-hmm. But if they just come our way, mm-hmm. if they just would come, <laughs> I got some ladies for them. Who are like, yes, sir. So many, so many. ladies. Like, please, sir, just come, just come. I got my <laughs> girls over here. Right. So how do you think the social media is playing a role in this whole shenanigans since you're talking well, about Well, first, I had a question first before yes. that one. Uh, Tara, how long have how you been doing this? I have been doing this. This is my fourth year. This okay. summer, um, actually, it's funny, either May or June. May was when I first made my announcement. So May of 2016, I made the announcement that I was moving forward with my business. And then June is when I officially kicked off like with my first event. Um, and I'm sure my husband would say, well, it's when you filed it with the state. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in there between may and june of 2016 but this will be my fourth year in business okay congratulations and i asked that because i wanted to know social media even four years ago was not not gonna say as popular but i think a lot of things have changed very rapidly over the last four years have you noticed a change between when you started and now how social media is playing into dating and relationships and then what have you noticed uh, with that to branch off tiffany's question um, I think for me, so I look at it from a couple of different perspectives. So from a business perspective, social media has obviously been super helpful, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how I've been able to connect to so many people um, on top of just 
having um having had the blessed opportunity to have my platform out there in front of a lot of eyes very early on in the beginning but from a business standpoint social media I love um I don't know so much about the dating side for my population of ladies I'll just put it like mm. that because most of them are um, professional women who don't usually have time to date in real life and yeah. or and or social media right so it's like for them it's kind of like an afterthought they maybe have heard of me because they happen to watch me on a show or maybe their friend told them to follow me on social but now when we talk about other folks in their real life dating I mean social media has done the donkey on a lot of relationships like it has <laughs> made it has made a whole bunch of lot of people um single and crazy mm-hmm. and you know you get all you know all upset and, and, and discombobulated because it's like, well, who was that who liked his picture? And why did she make that mm. comment? And what's that? And you know what? Even for the guys, well, who are all those men on your page? You know what I mean? Like, well, who is that following you? And, and what's he talking about right there? And so it's like, I think that you, for the first time, what used to be a relationship that was really supposed to just be between person one and person two, there are so many outside forces that could come at any given way. Because how do you know someone's not DMing your girl or, you know, DM, DMing your man just because they've seen the nice little cute relationship photo that you post and they say, oh, but I want that. You know, so I think it's it's got the potential to probably have ruined a lot of relationships. So when it comes to social media, um, what are, let's say, your top three do's and don'ts or what are any do's and don'ts that you recommend um, because, you know, we in this age, we meet a lot of people through social media, and that's where the conversation may start. So what do you say are some of your do's and don'ts when it comes to meeting people or, or, or using social media for someone that you know? So if you're talking about social media for dating, I really don't like social media for dating. And I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, but you slide in the DMs and all that. Here's my, right. here's my issue with that. For us, most of us with social media, it's just an extension of our personal lives, right? It's the part that we live out loud. Um, And so when you're talking about a stranger coming your way, hey, I liked your picture, you know, I I think you're a pretty girl, I'd like to talk. That's kind of creepy. I think that has a huge creep factor because, again, that's my private space, right? Um, and, And I've heard it from all different angles, from like, oh, he's a friend of a friend, and then he happened to send a note to somebody. I understand. I understand how all of that happens. But my concern when we talk about that kind of dating is just that there is no buffer or filter. When you're talking about a dating site, I don't have to put my real name on there. Yes, I have to use my pictures, but you don't have to know what city and state I'm in. I could fake that part. There's a lot of stuff that I could keep hidden versus what social media already puts out there. So I really would say... um, with social media, I think that that's one of those things you have to be super duper duper cautious about. Like, if this is just a stranger DMing you, you want to make sure um, before you actually engage in like real life conversations with them or exchanges of information because they are a super stranger in a sense that they're in your personal space immediately because that's how they found you. Um, and they could be anybody, yeah. Anyone, yeah. And I mean, it, it, you know, the same could happen with online, but I just I just don't like... I like that online dating, it, there's still an anonymity to it, right? I could still just right, 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 right. pull my profile down and be done with it. 
All right, so you hear that creepy men that still wear like Stacey Adams shoes? <laughs> Stop sliding them DMs <gasps> on that creep stuff. All right, Stacey Adams shoes. You know what I'm talking about. Go look at your DMs. I'm sure you got some, even as a married woman. Oh, listen. Oh, and here's the thing. I always I laugh. I'm like I told him like, mm-hmm. This guy just said hi, beautiful, hi, savvy. I'm like, but my th- what's funny about that is, don't you see what my whole page is about? Like my whole page is about. I met my husband online. Let me teach you how to do it. So I always find it really funny um, and humorous when a guy sends me a note, like, hi, beautiful, or something. But I do, you know, again, I will from time to time be like, mm-hmm, somebody just slid in my DMs. I did, you know. <laughs> has has oh. he ever replied to one? Oh, God, no. That is so nice. <laughs> He's, he is the most unbothered person. <laughs> I was going to say, her husband, just, he not bothered, honey. He don't have that. time for that. He's, He's so busy. unbothered. Um, he's so very he's exactly. as well. Um, yeah, he's very secure in that. So, what do you feel is an appropriate time window? And I mean, we we're just using lax numbers here. Don't ladies don't <laughs> run with this, gentlemen don't either. But uh, with like the like someone setting an intention for dating, like how long should someone be dating before they say, okay, you know what? I know I'm dating for a purpose. I'm dating to get married. How long should I allow someone? And let's just say if you're 35 and up. Oh, I think out the gate. And I mean, so if you're if you're talking about I'm now meeting new people and I'm going out on dates. Remember, the first thing that we're talking about. And again, it's not the first question you ask. So I don't want ladies to say, well, Tara said it's the first thing. No, we're going to do it with tech Um, in those first conversations as you're getting to know one another. So I would definitely say by like date two, date three you've kind of gotten there already, right? And you know, hell, sometimes by the first conversation, you know whether or not that person is serious-minded enough to even go on that little brief journey that we have to go on to see if they're worth our time, right? So Mm. I do not think you should waste your time if you know you're dating, you know, for, uh, you know, you're dating on purpose and you're dating with the purpose. I don't think you need to waste your time. And it's okay to say, hey, I'm looking for the real thing. Like, I'm looking for a relationship that is going to lead to us being together long term, um, possibly marriage and anything else that that means. And if that's not what you're looking for, it's perfectly okay. But I'm just not going to sit here and play around with you. Um, today was my work day. So I literally had all my client calls today. Another client I'm talking to, and she's telling me about all these guys that she's been talking to online. And she's met up with some of them. This was pre-quarantine. Um, no, no, no. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> It was, was okay. pre-quarantine. Um, but then she starts telling me about this guy. And she's like, yeah, but I don't think I would, you know, date him or whatever. She's like, but, you know, I, when I talk to him again, I'm like, and I said, why are you going to talk to him again? Like, what are you doing? Because it sounds like you're now just wasting your time and you're giving them permission to waste your time. If you know that this is not something that you want, like, why are you, what are we doing? You know, and it just, I think she had to stop and listen to herself because she had named all the yeah. reasons that she didn't like him or, you know, wasn't going to go anywhere with him. But why then are you going to now circle back around? If you just hear picking up friends, okay, cool. But three, <laughs> three sentences before you told me, you're looking for a serious relationship and most of the guys you've been talking to weren't and blah, blah, blah. So why are we wasting our time? Like, I don't, I don't appreciate that. Like, don't, like, don't do it. And I'll tell you what, so with this conversation and a couple others that we've had so far, I'm learning that 
I'm smarter than I think I am. And I am doing doing things right more times than not. And I am a fan of that, of laying, like subtly laying it out on the table of what I'm expecting, what I want to people. And I was told by someone that scares people off and that I need Mm -hmm. to pull back some. And I, I, I didn't really agree with that. And even when I tried it, it still didn't result in anything. So that's a good gym to know. I'm, well, you can't you can't make right. someone be right. ready for what you're ready for. I think one of my biggest mm-hmm. like wins in life, and it intimidates me. You know, every everyone here <laughs> has told me why I'm single, and you know, it's for the multitude of reasons. But nonetheless, uh, my my conviction, and when I go to a man, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely like when I come out of you know this whatever, I'm definitely looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. my last relationship like I'm not looking to keep you know dating I have yep. a nine-year-old I'm very specific about my time my point about Tara's whole spiel just now was time Absolutely. I value my time I'm an entrepreneur I'm self-employed I'm a mother my my G mm-hmm. you cute you're handsome you got a lot going yep. for you but what are you looking for because if you're not looking for your wife I'm not looking to be somebody yeah. that you play with for the Ooh. next six months I'm just not yep. interested and it's nothing wrong with you playing you just can't play with me and that's it just the so difference you know? it's it's this- vital i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you guys this this story um i before i met my husband i dated a guy um, when i lived in la um and i ended up dating him for four years so but check it we started off as friends right i never asked all the questions because we were friends we were hanging out and you know how you hang, go from hanging out to a situationship to a what is this and, right we were just like it was it was as ambiguous as i probably have allowed myself to ever be in a relationship right mm. um even though it had all of the characteristics of a one-on-one relationship right and when I look back at that relationship all these years, I'm like, oh, that did a number on my head because there was not a lot of clarity in it, right? There was not a lot of clarity. Um, there was always the, you know, let's just kind of go with the flow and let's just, you know, do this. And when I finally said, you know what, you're not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. We just want two different things and that's okay. When I finally said that and left it, because that's how I literally left the thing. Because because at some point we do the tug of war, right? I'm trying to convince you, you trying to convince me, and mm. and no, we're not yeah. getting anywhere, right? Because no one's winning the case of convincing. Because everyone else is really thinking, no, 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 this is what we need to be doing. Once I finally got there and was able to release it and be like, oh no, 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 he's not wrong. He's absolutely right. That is perfectly fine. Because that's what. He wants, and that is his right, but it's not what I want. They don't align. And so for me, it was him telling me what I could not have because he was it was limited by what he was saying, what he wanted, right? So if you want only eggs and strawberries for breakfast, but I said, but I really need bacon, you know, with that. And you're like, but I'm not cooking bacon. Well, then we can't eat together because I want something different. Like, I wanted mm. something completely different. And it's okay, because you're going to have your eggs, you're going to have your strawberries, but I'm going to be over here with my bacon, because that's what I want, extra crispy. And mm. so I walked mm. away from that relationship, and literally the next day, or next days, if you will, met Reginald, right? So again, mm. we have to be so Ooh. mindful about wasting our time and not putting our foot down for those things that we want. And now... Fast forward, when when I did finally come out of that and, you know, was living my own life and doing what I'm doing, that person 
is someone who's in in recent times has reached out to me and said, you know what? <laughs> I blew it. Like I fucked up. Yep. Because <laughs> what yep. he knew what I was asking for was not a lie. It was not a lot because you were already doing it. Like, I remember us having a conversation one day, walking down the beach in Santa Monica, and I was like, you know, we should have, like, a little something. Like, what do you think about, like, a little ring or something? He's like, yeah, I'll get you a ring. That's fine. And I'm like, you know what? We should probably do something and just, like, have our friends over. Like, just like a, we can kind of, you know, talk about how much we love one another and our own little thing. It's like, absolutely. We can have a little get-together, blah, blah. And then, and I stopped and I looked at him. I'm like, fool, that's a marriage. Like, you know, you keep... We're going to have a promise ring for you. Exactly. Right? Because he was like, he was one of those people who was like, a marriage was just a piece of paper. Was That's what he kept saying. It was like a piece of paper. And I was like, but no, the paper is just what the state wants you to have so that if something happens mm-hmm. to you, I can go to the hospital and say, but that's my right. husband and I need to tell you what to do to him. No, I was talking about the commitment side and that's what we had. But again, the formality of it was the hangup for us. And so... When I walked away and and then went and got what God had for me, then at, after it was all said and done, when you look and you see, damn, she was not asking me for a whole lot. Cause see, I don't know what life has been like in these years since I've been gone, and I don't and I don't mean this in any type of an ill will way. Cause we're cool, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you spend that much time of your life with someone, and the, especially if there wasn't anything crazy that happened. That you don't, you walk away and you'd be like, oh yeah, I don't like, no, I always wish him well. Like he, good people, but just was not the guy for me. Ooh. Well, that's the word, honey. And I say that all the time. I just had this conversation with my best friend. I was like, look, mm-hmm. I know what I need, right? And I'm very vocal about that, very upfront about it, whatever. There, it, oh, being yeah. married is a state mm. of mind. It has nothing to do with you know this paper business. Like I, my best friend get mad because sometimes he's <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm gonna be married on paper because you know <laughs> a little technical sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, for me, yep. it's the commitment. It's the ideals around which we we agree and we disagree and yeah. we fight and we fix. Yeah. You know what we are building here, and I think that. <laughs> So many men are definitely scared of the pressure that they feel like, oh, I got to do this or she's going to leave me. Mm -hmm. And I am the number one contender for men that have messed up with me a year later. Oh, yeah. And I can can mark it down on paper. Yes, I know. You know, you know. They come. You know. (laughs) If they stop talking, if they throw their hands up with me on January 15th, honey, by January 15th, they're going to be on this line. Hey, you are... The most amazing mm-hmm. woman. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, you are the you know love of my life. I mean, oh, definitely since this absolutely. quarantine. And let me back up before that. Definitely mm. since Kobe Bryant passed away. Unfortunately, men mm-hmm. are just very aware of what's important right now, and they are they're stepping into a zone yeah. of I don't want to be old and die and making grilled cheese mm-hmm. sandwiches by myself. I don't like, want to wear Stacey Adams to DMs. RJ. So I, don't want to be that person. I have a question. I don't want to be that I'm kind of branching off of the marriage discussion. <laughs> um, so I was with my ex for seven mm-hmm. years, um, and we had the marriage talk. Um, he didn't really agree with it so mm-hmm. much. For me, it was more so I wanted it because number one, it's a celebration of love in my community that we don't get to see mm-hmm. too often. Um, number two, it grants us both legal yes. rights that we really wouldn't get um, in other yeah. ways. Um, he wasn't really for it too much. Um, and I didn't pressure it. It wasn't a huge deal to me because we did have some other ideas in the long term. 
yada, 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 we did break up. Um, maybe a year after um, our breakup, we still talked here and there, and we were both supposed to go to a wedding for one of our mutual friends. Um, I didn't end up going because I had work. He went, and um, I didn't follow him on Instagram or anything like that, but friends, several, sent me <laughs> pictures from his story and his videos of him saying, oh, I um, can't wait to have one mm. of these. Oh, where is my husband? Mm. Oh, this and that. And that kind of fucked mm-hmm. me up. Um, so my question isn't necessarily really about the marriage part, but mm-hmm. I guess... Who, who said... Mm-hmm. It's Tara, because I, I think I know where you're about to go. No, I thought it's Tara, because <laughs> I think I know where you're about to go. Keep on going, baby. No, Tiffany... Tiff, Tiff, I thought Tiffany was... Mm-hmm, I'm like... Her mm-hmm. needs be, uh, they'd be different. Yeah, yeah. My question really is, how do you... Or what are some tips that you may have to recover from a situation like that? Not even necessarily all about the marriage part, but if you spent this amount of time with someone, like you said, it was like my eye, but it's when it recover from that. Is that you have to bring your dating? It took me a long time to get into a position where I felt comfortable dating and knew who I was, knew who I wanted. Um, so, do you have any insight on that? Absolutely. So, and I'm going to say what you're not saying because the people need to hear Uh it. How do you recover from someone making you feel like you were not good enough for that thing that you asked for? All right, right now, I can't run around the house with a tambourine. I just got to call it like I see it. All right. You know, and that's what it is. That's what it, that's what it made you feel. That's what it made us feel, right? Because what I just shared, it's like, that's what I kind of went through, dude. Like, what you talking about? Like, I, I didn't go down. I'm like, I remember about to damn snap in San Francisco on a street corner, arguing about something stupid with him, but all based on, again, just that whole, like, the back and forth of that, what I wanted and what I thought I deserved versus what, what he was going to give. So I think the biggest thing is letting yourself know, I am worthy. You know what I mean? You have to separate the two. The two being his decision that he didn't want to be married or that this Ooh. wasn't what he wanted. That's on him. I'm just saying. So I've been there. So the big question is just that whole, like, the, the rejection that we feel. But you have to separate that from that person, right? That person, whatever he wants, that was on him. That is on him. And you have to also understand that people know your triggers, especially if they've been around you. And if they mm. if they, if they they got any petty in their spirit, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, especially because he knew you were supposed to be at the same <laughs> wedding. And then he's like, yeah, he knew... <laughs> He knew it was going to get back to you. Trust and believe. What he Now, what he was waiting on was for you to say, yes, he was waiting for you to say, oh, but I thought you didn't want to get married. But if, mm-hmm. I pray you didn't give it to him, right? You didn't give it to him. No, 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 no. Yeah. I did good. I did good. I did so good. now he's sitting there like, oh, that didn't work. You know what I mean? Because that was mm-hmm. what he was looking for. He was looking for a reaction from you because he knew, he knew the one thing that you wanted, and that was that, and obviously you weren't there. Thank God you weren't there, because I think that would have been a super awkward moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, even if I didn't have a gig, I was still kind of on the cuff about it. Um, and I'd actually offer my friends um, before then that I would just come, because they're in D.C., I would just come and make out a really nice yeah. uh, lover's dinner, because mm-hmm. I can't make it. And I, I just knew it would be a thing, and I didn't want to mess up anything he'd probably be drinking and it'd just be too much yeah. so no i I, I salute you for that i think we 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 let people um we give people too much control 
And I, I had somebody recently <laughs> tell me what I was doing. They were like, oh, I feel like you're doing such and such. And I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry because, no, I didn't say I was sorry because I wasn't. I said, no, I'm so sorry you feel that way because I didn't, I'm not doing that. Like, I barely just got here, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, well, yeah, because this is what you did. And so I stopped and I said, okay, here's what you're doing. You're projecting all your stuff on me. And I literally just walked up into this thing in this space. And I'm being very generic because I don't want to talk about what it was. But I just <laughs> walked up into this space and thing. I don't know anybody up in this room. I didn't look at nobody. I didn't say anything to anyone. So whatever you're feeling, that's on you, right? Because you've been in this room longer than I've been in this room. And what you won't do to me, what you will not do to me, because I... I am a woman who believes in therapy and I've been doing the work on myself. I will not allow you to put your garbage on me. I, I literally sent that to someone. I literally sent that to someone. And I felt empowered because at first, like, again, I was being nice. Like, oh, no, that definitely wasn't it. Like, I'm just kind of, you know, new to the room, blah, blah, blah. And then the, when they came back, I was like, oh, hell no. I'm going to stand up for myself because I've been one of those people who've kind of had that go along to get along spirit, right? And and now it's like, no, you're not gonna jump. You're not gonna put this on me. This is you and all your stuff. I go to. I I love my therapist, and she has helped me too much for me to allow you to put your stuff on me and have me over here replaying it in my head like, mm -hmm. okay, wait, well, did I do that? Well, what did I say? Because I'm that person. I internalize the hell out of stuff, right? If I think me I too, me someone, too, me too. Right? And you know, it takes us days to get over that when you yeah. see somebody, you've offended someone. So I was like, oh, no, I'm not carrying that stuff. So just being able to hold your stuff, and that's his stuff. He He's going to spend some time and some years until he finds whoever it is. Because he might be over there, again, pining for you and still like, oh, it was so easy. And seeing that wedding and, and you know, like, yeah, this could have been you. Yeah, it could have. Mm -hmm. It could have been you. But I'm glad you did not fall for that. I'm glad you didn't fall for that. So to go back to the bigger question about that is just knowing that that rejection is not, was not about you. And it feels really bad, but you have to separate that person's action from you and not carry that. And like literally tell yourself who you are, you know, and we, and it's hard after relationship. That's why I, I always, before I coach anybody, especially my ladies, I'm like, you have to do the heart work. You, you got to get your heart right, meaning that's right. There's, there's healing we have to do after relationships are over. That is, that's a death in a sense, right? That's a death. And, and that right there is exactly why I have been mm -hmm. so specifically mm -hmm. single for the last seven years. Like, people think mm -hmm. I'm just being mean or something is wrong yep. with me. There's nothing wrong with me, baby. I know who I am. The problem is yes. I'm not willing oh, to yes. settle for yeah. attention. I get attention all day. You know, attention is not a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. It is about the right connection. It is about a person that wants to see all me, that. that wants to reciprocate what I give. You know, I think that's one of my you're biggest such things. A giver. I've been in relationships yeah. that were oh. not yeah. balanced. I'm, I'm, like, I'm a giver, and I get it. I get it. Honest, my father mm -hmm. has such a big heart. My mom, my grandmother, I just get it naturally. And so when you're, and I think for RJ and I both, we share this. Um, cause I don't, you know, I don't know all the depths of his family and his, his tree, mm -hmm. but I mean, mm -hmm. we are in hospitality. We are, we are givers. That is just who we are. We serve others. And so I think when we're in relationships, a lot of the time it's to our detriment, not because we don't have a lot to, right. uh, like, you know, keep tabs on like, okay, we don't want to be tip for tat. <laughs> well, I gave you a yellow 
uh, you know, now and later. Now you owe me a yellow now and later. It don't have mm-hmm. to be like that, but it's definitely, okay, I've called this person a few times. Right. They haven't returned my call. I'm not calling no more. Like, you see my missed call. You know, it is what it is. So it's one of those things of discipline mm-hmm. meeting your your goal. Your goal is to be in a relationship that is significant, that is special, that is mutual. And I think so many people are in imbalance. And one thing, one thing to, and, and you're absolutely right. And I think one thing we also have to consider, um, because again, I'm just, I'm learning so, so much is that sometimes people just don't even know how to receive. Right. So when you, when you meet people and they're like, Oh, you're so good for me. That's that whole, like, I don't know how to receive how you want to love me because ain't nobody ever tried to love me like that. Like, that's literally what that boils Mm. down to. And so many people don't really express that. Like, so many of us don't know how to just say, okay, I'm going to sit with this for a minute and I'm going to be super vulnerable with you and tell you this, right? Like, we don't know that. And so what we end up doing is you don't know how to reciprocate all the tips given, right? So you just kind of shut down on it. And to her, it looks like, well, wait, I'm doing, 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 and I feel like I'm the only one who's calling. But sometimes they're over there in the corner like, well, damn, she, why does she think I'm so special? You know, like, why does she think oh, yeah. I'm so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't think they're worthy. They don't think they're worthy. And to piggyback on what you said, I know in my last relationship, like, you know, I was very transparent with this person repeatedly. Like, you're really the mm-hmm. first person that I've given unconditional mm-hmm. love to. Like, I, besides my daughter, um, I know what unconditional love looks like. And I think oh most God, people, absolutely. they be honest with themselves. Their love has conditions. And not and, and so, you know, standards mm-hmm. and preferences are one thing, but conditions, I try to mm-hmm. love people now with the love of God. And what the God that it lives in me sees the God that's in you. So I choose to not try to bind you into this person. I want you to be at this box. If this is who you are, I'm going to take you at at your face value. I'm not going to try to reconform you and pour you into the bottle that I want you to fit in. Like, this is who you are. This is who you're presenting. So Mm -hmm. I can either choose to love that or I can choose to walk away from it. And I think that when you get into marriages, I, in my mind, you know, there is kind of a balance that has to be maintained. So tell me, do you think it's hard for a woman to show the same type of love that she expects um, to receive? No, from her and husband? I think that you can't, how do I want to say it? You can't measure it the same, right? Yeah, you, if that makes any sense, right? Because the way that okay, Reginald is going to, because we love very differently, yeah. you know, we're big on love languages. So, we love super differently. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is a provider. Her, his is acts of service. Like, that's what he does. He takes care of his family. I am more of a um, words of affirmation. I'm a physical touch person. And so for us, we have had to, and again, continually learn how to love one another where we are. Because for him, his love and the way that he speaks and expresses it is he takes damn good care of his family. He takes damn good care of his family. And so for me, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who I'm a huggy, touchy feel like I'm that girl. And when we first, this was probably even before we got married because we moved in together um, about four months before we got married. And so when he would come home, I would, um, I'd be so excited to see him that I would like run up on him, like literally think like a little dog, like running up on somebody, right? I'd be like running up on him. And 
he, you've met my husband. So, you know, Reginald's, like, very cool, RJ. He's, like, super-duper, like, laid-back guy. Like, he's funny, humorous, like, hus hospitable, all of that. But just, like, laid-back. If you didn't know him, you'd think he's, like, a preacher guy and be like, what's, who's this? <laughs> like, is he's that guy, right? And gotcha. so, for me, I'm all bubbly and over the top, and I'm running up on him like the lapdog, and, and I would feel, like, immediately rejected because he'd just stand there, you know, being his little somber self, and I'm like, what's going on? Is there something wrong? Da, 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 da. And so... What he did explain to me was I have to, basically he had to undo his day. Like when he, when you walk in the house, it's like if your kids run up on you, right? Mm -hmm. He needed to undo his day before he was then able to walk into that space and be mm. all of that, right? And so what I learned to do is... I wasn't that run up on you person because I knew you needed that moment to, as we call it, I think he's, he talked about a um, sermon years ago that Bishop T.D. Jakes um, preached or talked something about like hanging your problems on the tree, like hang it on the tree before you come in the house. And so that's kind of what we got to where it was like, okay, you, you deal with a lot of stuff during the day and you know, you have a wife who loves this way the meeting in the middle is you're going to hang as much on the tree as you can. And on my side, I'm going to give you a little bit of time more so than what I would have at the front door, you know, like pouncing on you or whatever. And so just having to learn how to navigate that, um, you know, even like communication, there's so many things that we are still learning, you know, still learning as a couple. Cause you're talking about two people who were grown people before they got together and so just communicating and all those things that we continue to learn every single day, because every day I wake up, I choose to be married. I choose to be married, right? Like nobody's forced right. to be here. We choose that this is where we are and we're going to figure this shit out. Like ain't nobody going nowhere. So be mad today, but it is what it is. So I think that it's just really learning how to love one another and acknowledging that, acknowledging that we love differently. Wow. I'm about to cash up you. Um, <laughs> we got to pay for these services. <laughs> you hilarious. This has been amazing. Oh, my God. Um, can you please tell the people where they can find you? Absolutely. They can find me on social media. Uh, they can find me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter, all at SheDateSavvy, and that is S-H-E-D-A-T-E-S-S-A-V. V-Y, and then my website is the same, SheDateSavvy.com. Gotcha. All right. We thank you so much for joining us today. And we're going to put all her information fun. in the uh, show description so you have it. Because um, that was a long website. I know, right? I have <laughs> but, uh, we'll make sure, We will make sure the people get it. Tara, thank you so much for joining thank us today. Thank you. Girl. Listen, listen, Girl. listen. Um, wow. Yeah, these people did not come to play with us today, okay? And this is part um, one. Yeah. Yeah, y'all ain't even ready for part two. Like, you're going to need the next week to just decompress. Right. You need to process. You need to pull out your highlighters in the words of RJ. You need mm -hmm. to get your uh, sticky notes. You need to get your cassette recorder. You need to be applying. I, I, you don't have I, to do I, a whole nother vision board, honestly. 
I think we should definitely have a whole new vision board for dating at least post quarantine. Mm-hmm. We, Amen. We really should because 2020 didn't go the way nobody planned. So yeah, we're gonna do a, a June vision board party. <laughs> but um, yeah, this show has just been amazing. Um, I, I I don't even I don't even have words. Um, yeah, I'm so glad we did this. Um, it it, it really taught me a lot of things and like I said before it made me realize a lot of things that I've been doing are on the right path I just need to trust myself and my discernment and my judgment and go with that and if it doesn't yield results right away it is what it is I'm I'm keeping that mess out of my life yeah I mean I don't think it's about instant gratification either it's just about if you're being honest with the person and you're telling them hey you know I think you're a nice person what are you looking for and what they're looking for in aligning with what you're looking for, then you take that note. Like, that doesn't mean you discard them. It doesn't mean they're a trash person. It just means they're not at the same turning point that you are in your life. And I think that's always been my biggest takeaway. Um, Tara has been uh, my coach now for over a year. Um, love her. I mean, the same way y'all pay to go get them apps, okay? The same way y'all pay to get that money in order. Listen, a dating coach can save your life. Wasted time with the person who ain't got it together for you yet is like one of the worst feelings so like tara said you know it's not you and it's honestly not even them it's just not a connection you know and i think that's what we yeah. need to just walk away with and um g let me tell you something uh sir we're looking for the resurgence of the oprah feeling you know when you get on tv and you're watching someone tell you how good your life can be and all those things g just has that that energy. I mean, that's his new name. Energy. G. <laughs> but I loved him. I wish him and Juan the best. I love that. Like we talked to two married people. These are successfully married yeah. people. You know, we're not out here talking to just anybody about anything. I think that's what, if your goal is monogamy, everyone's goal is not monogamy. And we're not saying that's the only goal that you should have. But if it is a goal of yours, there's definitely some, how, how long has Tara been married to her husband? Uh, Tara, I believe they've been married for ten years now. Um, yeah, they, yeah, and I, and you didn't, you haven't met Reginald, but when I say I love her husband, he's the most quiet storm. Like I just, he is a good man. He's a man of God. What she didn't mention on the, um, her interview, she has a sixteen-year-old daughter, um, and her daughter, you know, has gained an amazing stepfather. She has a great relationship with her dad. Um, but he lives in another state. And so, of course, because Tara's married and they live in home and, you know, he they just have a great balance. They have a beautiful um, new baby that they just um, got about um, less than a year ago. And so they're just I just love their dynamic. I love how I've been in their home. I've seen them for real. And I just think it's special. So, yeah, good, yeah. good times. Good times. And G and Juan have been together. Um, I think they've been married almost 10 years. They've been together for 12 years. Um, so we got y'all some real people who know some real stuff. They've been through those storms and they have that real, real, real knowledge, y'all. Like, I'm blown away. Um, yeah. I'm blown away. Um, the one thing that I thought would come up, and we kind of touched on it in different words, but another thing I learned through this conversation is that people are not emotionally intelligent. Ooh. Ciao. And Amen. I know for myself, I discovered that years ago when I worked diligently on that, um, still not done with the work. You never will be done with the work. But I know for a fact that I'm way more emotionally intelligent than a lot of people. And I think well, you are I, as well. 
I think you're an empath, and I think sometimes, and I hate that word now because people are just throwing it around because yeah. everybody knows empath. Right? Yeah. Like life coach. Uh, yeah, like life coach. Everyone said I'm life coach. Okay. Um, however, the two people on our show today, they were. So y'all get, get into what they're doing. But um, there is a certain gifting with that. And I definitely agree. EI is actually a big market. There's a lot of companies now that hire coaches to come in and teach um, emotional intelligence and what that means to be aligned and in line with your emotions and just aware. It's not about necessarily even being aware for other people. It's a self-awareness tool that I think a yeah. lot of people could tap into if they chose to. But a, a lot of the times, I, I mean, this is another show, but self-awareness and self-accountability is the primary reason why people cannot be successful in a lot of things, whether it's business, uh, romantic relationships, their motherhood, their fatherhood. People lack the the tools but they also lack the willingness to go and like build your toolbox you have to build it a lot of us are the products of working parents and when i say working parents y'all know what i'm talking about our parents went to work at 7 30 in the morning they can get out till eight o'clock at night they hurry up and wash your you know body brush your teeth and go to bed you know it was never a lot of pouring i can i can attest to that i, I come from a, like a double parent like work work workaholic mm-hmm. household and so they didn't spend a lot of time pouring so my emotional intelligence comes from effort like i literally had to build my own toolbox and just live on that you know and so i've always been a, a person that studied and got wisdom from people that were smarter than me about whatever that thing was mm-hmm. so i just think we gotta recreate and it's okay so y'all look into that emotional intelligence part that's very important Mm-hmm. Actually, um, one of my favorite books, um, ladies uh, and men, if you'd like, um, it's a book called The Amazing Development of Men. It is an audio book. Uh, the author's first name is Allison. I can't think of her last name right at the moment. But anyway, if you type in Amazing Development of Men, it'll come right up. She has a couple versions. But when I tell you that audio book blessed my life, Allison just being there telling you what it is, ladies, you know, about men and there are three phases, you know, basically growing up. And when you really meet a man, you kind of, you learn that, you know, and you're just like, oh, he's in his prince stage. He's not ready for me. You know, and once you kind of use those tools, you can really um, go into life a little bit differently and you can navigate. I'm not saying she's the only be all, end all or whatever, but yeah. that book just helped me significantly on on relationships specifically with men's. Let me mm-hmm. check that out. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Well, 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 um, well, come back next week because next week is the it's the who and the high and the heat. Yeah, you thought this one was the thing, baby. And we're not even gonna tell y'all. We're gonna keep that a surprise because it's that it's all of this is big, but next week is woo, Chile. Good um, time. Well, I am Chef RJ on Instagram. I am it's Chef RJ. I T S Chef RJ. Uh, also. Oh, oh, go. Oh, oh, interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> um, also, please check out my um, healthy meal prep service, Fit Gourmet Meals. It's at Fit Gourmet Meals on Instagram. Um, we are still up and running. Thank everybody for the patronage. Um, also, thank you everyone that um, tuned into my live this weekend for my cooking demo. Um, I think it went really well, and a lot of people learned stuff. Yeah, I asked really good questions. Um, that shit was hard. And a lot of pressure to do that and record and smile and talk and answer questions and cook and not burn and fry and everything. But I got it done. I will be doing another one. So please um, let it, let me know if you want to see any specific recipes. And also, when things get back to somewhat normal, me and Tiffany are going to do one. Yeah, we have a battle. We've already been apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
thrown into a battle, so we're gonna do a battle with y'all or whatever. We're just gonna, you know, cook for y'all. Uh, that'll be fun. We um, we do have some other things planned in in the future. I, I won't even say the fall anymore because I don't know what's happening with the future. Um, but you know, we'll figure out what's going to be the new normal, and we're gonna get out there and we're gonna have fun. Um, yes, y'all follow RJ if you're in Atlanta. Grab his. Um, amazing meals because i know y'all tired of cooking (laughs) and quarantine um i am chef to the stars chef with the number two um i have some good things coming up i will be keeping you all abreast you will see a post or something and just go with it okay love everybody um yeah i better go get them recipes she posted Oh, Lord. I know y'all keep y'all looking at them. Y'all be like, mm, I don't know. Mm, see, mm, mm, mm. And then you make your own shipping grits tonight. Mm-hmm. Go get that well, recipe. My, one of my regular clients already told me that uh, she spent money on all of the recipes because she said I'm helping her get her ring. Her husband is her fiance, her boyfriend, hey. whatever she like him to be. He's very impressed. Okay. So at the end of the day, you all, I believe in you get your recipes. Y'all can, um, follow um the highlight on my page which says go the distance um if not you'll see me casually posting on monday wednesday and friday for updates all right guys we love y'all we cannot wait for you to love on yourself some more to get through this week okay and come back and see us next week for part two of the love please come back stay safe guys stay in the house wash your hands please do not inject yourself with lysol please do not try to put uv light in your body, through your mouth, or anything. Um, let's listen to some experts who um, know science, please. Yeah, the, eight, the eighteen people that did ingest it in New York City. I'm so sorry, and I mean that with the most sincerity. Um, this person that sits at 1600 Pennsylvania is not a doctor, nor is he a scientist. We're not or even just sure a smart president. person. Yeah, yeah, he, he's not a president. He's just up there, and so we're sorry that that happened to you, and that you did not think for yourself. Uh, unfortunately, um, but yes, we want you all to have the best week. Stay positive. And I'm going to leave you with this quote that I just read um, regarding the science and everything. Um, Your inability to grasp science is not a valid argument against it. Boom. Take All that. in the love episode. Apply science to your love life a little bit. Okay? We love y'all. Bye, guys. Bye guys.